Price of Fear. Brought to you by Vincent Price. Yes, I remember Adelstrop, the name, because one afternoon of heat, the express train drew up there unwantedly. Hello, welcome. That poem by Edward Thomas will, I feel sure, be familiar to some of you. But for myself, well, let's say it evokes a very particular occasion. A story so bizarre and so horrendous, I, I still find it difficult to decide whether it actually happened or not. I've called it Blind Man's Bluff. But to begin at the beginning, then. I was on my way to visit some friends in a remote part of the West Country. The train was certainly no express, but we were jogging along quite nicely through the lovely Cornish countryside when suddenly we braked and stopped. An unscheduled stop at, no, hardly a station even, at its best a country halt, so insignificant that it was not even considered worthy of a name board. The window was already lowered to its full. I looked out on a single small shack, which obviously served as ticket and parcel office combined, but no activity there, or for that matter, anywhere else. Discarded and rusting milk churns, a mongrel dog panting in the sun, the drone of bees, and far off over the fields, a glimpse of a church tower, but no life, no apparent reason for what seemed a simply endless delay. Until, at the very moment when I'd all but decided to investigate the reason, we began to pull away. It was then I saw him. Wait, wait, wait. the name of God, wait. A man rushing through the entrance along the platform towards the now fast-moving train, rushing so heedlessly that it seemed he actually intended to throw himself under the very wheel. Wait, have you, wait. Instinctively and probably against my better judgment, I opened the compartment door, called out, offered a hand, and finally managed to haul him aboard. <laughs> but it wasn't until I'd subsided into my seat directly opposite my rescued companion that I realized how truly foolhardy we had both been. The man was blind, quite blind. Kind of you, truly kind, to risk yourself like that, truly kind. Oh, no, the least I could do. Anyone would have done the same. Oh, they wouldn't. You take a roommate, they wouldn't. What? Not anyone, not most either. Most would have stood and watched, maybe even... Oh, for the worst. What? Oh, about that. The worst were you surely not suggesting. Miss Foot in the sudden toppler screeching the brakes and then they all had climbed out to see. My God, to fill their putrid eyeballs. By God, the thing under the wheels. By God. I know, you see. By God, how I know. His knuckles were white about the stick, gnarled white knuckles about the white peeling paint of his blind man's stick. He wore a long, old-fashioned raincoat, reached quite down to his ankles. In spite of the stifling heat, he'd buttoned it up tight around his throat, and a black beret pulled down almost to his eyebrows. But most of all, the spectacles, so deep and black, they seemed like like the sockets of the dead, fathomless, with only the reflection of my own curiosity staring back at me, my own reflection, and the sudden and 
uncomfortable conviction that I... I was being watched, watched and assessed, inexorably assessed. Oh, don't think I don't know why they wish it. I know fine why, all right. Oh, I beg your pardon, I don't. Misfortune, calamity. It gives them this feeling of power, you see. It gives them the feeling of being one up all the time, of being superior all the time. Oh, but surely the majority of us must be allowed some feeling of compassion. Compassion, he says. <laughs> well, I, I certainly never intended to suggest that we're all alike. And foolish to presume. Still, you did offer a helping hand at risk of life and limb. I'll grant you that. But smoke, then, if you must. Why? Well, you're damn well going to light up around you. I <laughs> did you know that I wanted a cigarette? Per set shun. Here's a toffee nose word <laughs> for you, isn't it? But bang on target, all right. <laughs> you're done with it, then. Oh, I think. Per set shun. It's the gift God gives us specials, you see, uh. to make up for the things. He's taken away. God. Or the devil. Or whatever. Will you smoke too? No. Well, it's no good looking put out. Never could abide the damn thing. Well, look, if you'd rather I did... I didn't I'd... say that, did I? Suggested it in the first place, didn't I? Yeah. But kindly you to ask. Kindly you to offer. Hmm. Perception. No sight. Nah. Never have done. Oh, I am sorry. But smell, touch, read your mind like a book and no mistake. <laughs> so don't ever get round to thinking different. No, I'm sorry for that. Not wanting to say that just by way of protecting myself, you see. Sure. Our times don't help, of course. But... But... Most. On account of him. Of him? Boy, Con. Con be name. Con be nature. Eh? Never told him to his face, of course. It would have been the end of me to tell it to his face. The blind man's knuckles tightened about the handle of his stick again. But a sudden tautness about the shoulders, too. A, a feeling of violence so suppressed, so... Pent. I, I hesitated to ask the next question, but there was no need. Again, he anticipated. Read <laughs> you like a book. Oh, but I told you that once already, and I. Yes, yes, yes. Calm. <laughs> no, think about him anymore. Not a thing to be thought about. You see. Your friend then? No, 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 for no friend. Never a friend. Oh. Um, Time passing and all begins to wonder if he wasn't sent to hmm? a means, maybe a means of getting me on back. Uh, revenge? People, world, the way it was decided for me. Uh, happy once, before, con, mother, home. Just a small farm worker's cottage. Only home I'd ever known. Familiar to me, you see. Familiar. Familiar as the back of this hand. 
important, that. The windows, every corner, every stair. The way every stick of furniture was arranged. And her never changing anything around. Give you a feeling of security I couldn't have found nowhere else. She gave me that. My mother gave me that. I, I can see what it must have meant to you. You can see. She paid for it, mine. Worked up at the big house, not the mansion exactly, but in the way she described it as meters makes no difference. Hard work, bad pay, long hours. Again, uh, ruddy power of the strong or the weak in it. But at least the stinking pittance they allowed kept the thatch over our heads. The sacrifice I was glad to make. Mm. Uh, never did get over her death. Bad enough sitting by the side of the bed and watching somebody die. But when all you got to go by is the feel, the pulse, the listen to their breathing. Hard, that. Mm. Well, well, what did you do after? First off, seemed mm. no answer. Bit she managed to say, put on the side, well, soon gone in it. Mm. Then one day I, I get this idea, almost as though it meant me to get it. And a damn sound and it seemed at the time. Oh? Well, is this still her old room standing in the inner? Oh, yes. A lodger, you mean. And why not? I think still plenty of harvest labor being taken on up at the estate. All crying out for a place to lay their heads. And me with no barn loft neither. A fair share of home comforts besides. So, so I puts this. I puts this card stuck up in the post office window, deny it. And I waits. I waits, but not for too long. Convoy saw to that. <laughs> home from home, he has a ruddy gall to call it. This was my mother's room. Yeah, we still don't make it a suite at the Waldorf, do we? Yeah, junk. You well, never see such junk. Please, be careful. Oh, not to worry. Can always have it written in the lease, can't we? Some kind of inventory. Hmm? Uh, did you ever get round to your actual inventory, Pops? Hmm? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, well, there's one little item we won't have to be worrying our heads about. Please, I... In the name of God, let's have this window open. Oh, ready, place, dig some mothballs. Oh. You could make some changes. Yeah. The room would be yours, so you, you've been tightly make some changes. Yeah, there'll be some changes, all right. If you think the rent too high, we could discuss... Yeah, look, the asking price can wait. Uh, but uh, there would be changes, yes. Changes, all right. I see. Well, love of God. You didn't honestly think I'd be moving in and just taking your old lady's place, did you? Did you, Pops? Taken over the nurse companion bit just where she left off. Oh. <laughs> if it's the white stick and Alsatian dog kit you're after, no. you should have tried getting it straight from the start. As far as my handicap goes. Well then? I think I'm self sufficient. <laughs> I'll show you are. I noticed that. The way you groped yourself across that landing just now, eh? Hey? <laughs> been some time yeah. since me mother's death. 
Uh, well, sometime. Yeah. How about the way you tumbled across that chair the minute we get through the door? Hey, just a, a touch of the old circus act for my benefit, I suppose. When she was ill, there was this nurse uh, rearranged some of the furniture in view of the <laughs> special circumstances, you understand. Yeah, oh, I understand, Pops. The $64 question is to you. Oh, um, sorry. Dumb as well as blind, eh? Well, I'm asking you, Pops, if you finally got round to persuading me to move into this rat-ridden garret, do you honestly know what you'd be letting yourself in for? Eh? Pot luck at the best and at the worst. Uh, you're making it sound like... like some kind of threat. Change, Pops. <laughs> but it all comes down to that, in the end. But you still agreed to take him? Not at first. But the weeks passed. No, no other offers. Oh. They took the card from the post office window. The people up at the big house were getting pressing. Threats, eviction, legal action. Only roots. I had, you see. Mm. No choice. So Khan moved in? Oh, I... He moved in all right. Yeah, and, uh... I did me best for him. Mm. At first, I... I was even glad... Just for the sound of another voice uh, about the place. Well, natural, isn't it? Sure. The past can be good, but it's funny how eager we all are just to be alive in the present. Any kind of present. And it didn't work out then, huh? He took over completely. Not just his own room. Completely. His friends from the estate up drinking all the hours God made. No notion about paying the rent. And, and then, early one morning, yeah, my mother's things, clothes, photographs, the bric-a-brac of a lifetime, really. A pathetic pyre at the bottom of the garden. <laughs> you ruddy what stink pops that's all you got going here well then not oh, blind as a rotten mole maybe but can't you smell the stench of her eye uh, enough to dry the starlings off the trees in it in it though eh stink and pus and a maggot ridden old bitty's garbage that's all we've got here you you no right come no right whose bleeding nostrils have they been getting up every hour of the day and night eh Space to expand, you see, Pops. That's what Con needs. I'm never going to get it with this ragbag of mildew cluttering up the place now, was he? You could have asked. <laughs> oh, go on. So it's asking to after after now, is it? Yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir. Now, is it? If you just asked first, I could have moved them, couldn't I? Somewhere out of your way. So look at it this way, my dear old mother. Convoy's saving you all that extra trouble, isn't he? Hey? <laughs> I'll tell you something funny, though. A couple of weeks back, I damn well goes putting myself out trying to sell the stuff. You tried to sell my mother's... Well, of course. That shark of a scrap dealer the other side of the village. You had no rights. Oh, back to rights again, are we? None! Now, go easy, Molly. Oh, unless you'd like to join the pyre, that is. Oh, right, old scarecrow, you make of it. Fancy your guy folks a bit early then this year, eh, Pops? They were hers, damn you. So now they're hers again, ain't they? Ashes to ashes, all that garbage, eh? 
You should be hanging out the flags, Mowley. Really, you should. Doing your favour, come boys. I mean, it's say better than settling for a feast day for them moths now, ain't it? Uh, and what about them charty little cherubs up there, ruddy mm. green with envy when Mumsy gets all these nice new drags for the post, eh? Oh, God. Boy. Oh. Kicks. Pleasure. Yeah. You haven't got a clue in there what I'm getting at, have you? Something you're never going to get round to, Molly. Oh, like tonight, for instance, uh, me and my mates regular old booze up uh, my place, Pops, round about eight. Make yourself a bit scarcish, hmm? Uh, you will do that, won't you, Molly, with Con doing the asking? Always depend on blind old Molly when it's Con doing the asking? <laughs> oh, the fire's nearly out, nothing left to save. Oh, you could always try spitting into the wind, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> and yet you you did nothing I, I could have gone to the police should have gone to the police I see that now but uh, when you independent on the strength and decisions of others for a whole lifetime there comes a time when you need so desperately to feel the power of Self-assertion. The ability to act. I... I found a thing to do. Winter was coming. The cottage was fitted for gas. i just got Con a gas fire over his bedroom. Very sensitive to cold was Con. It burned all hours of the day and night. And sometimes... Sometimes... He even let it burn while he slept. So? One night, I, I simply turned it off. Oh, you mean you, you went into his room and turned it off? Oh, no, no. The mains of the downstairs mains. Well, then? But well. then, when the flames had been extinguished, I turned it on again. I blanketed the crack beneath his door. Uh -huh. Stood there a long time. Listening to the hiss of the gas it escaped into the room. Con's sleep in his drunken stupor become deeper, ever deeper, till I decided it had enough, sufficient to be purpose. You mean you, you gassed him? You, you murdered him? Well, that, that would have been a kind of revenge, but it's <laughs> too simple. I... I I hated him. But there's a need beyond the hate. He was quite unconscious when I went into him, as deep unconscious as if he were under anesthetic. Now, underneath the cottage, we had a cellar. In the old times, it, it had been used for storing apples, vegetables. And now it was quite empty. The only entrance was through a trap door set into the flags of the kitchen floor, but long, long in by a big chest used for storing firewood. And I, I pulled the chest aside. <coughs> Open the trap. Oh, Lord. Oh, body. The damp. Smell of damp, the 
And you... You left him there, No, no, not at once. No, one more thing to do, you see. To give him a taste of the affliction he'd mocked and made fun of over all these long months. I returned to me, mother's neat front parlor. Her work basket was always on a small window table just where I'd left it. A long steel bodkin. The stout thread. Just right. I returned to the cellar. There. There. In the eternal dark. I sewed up his eyes. Stitch by stitch. Neatly. Methodically. Upper lid to lower. I sewed up his eyes. And then I left him there. What happened when the effects of the gas wore off? Oh, it allowed for that. It was to be the final irony. My final irony. Where... Where am I? Where... My room. Light. Light, damn you. Light. There's no light. It's all dark. My eyes. They produce you. Eyes. Tight, closed, stuck. Tight. Nothing. So not. triumph in the deep dank dark he'd search the door he'd search unseen screaming with the searing pain of his sewed up eyes groping panicking round the damp lichen covered walls searching ever searching the door that would let him out out to the light to the help he'd always taken for granted not knowing not comprehending that there there was no door. But the only way out was not in the walls, but through the trap door, not three feet above his head. A trap door, securely bolted, but weighed down by the heavy oak chest. I left that night, and I never went back. They, they'd be bound to miss him. I, I mean, up at the estate. Well, over a few days, they'd miss him, but he was on your traveling casual labor. They come and went at will. For a few days they'd miss him, then they'd forget. He was only worth forgetting. The train had stopped at a small halt. The blind man pulled himself to his feet. I opened the door and helped him down onto the deserted platform. For a single brief moment he seemed to study me and then he raised the opaque blackness of his glasses, and there seemed to be a smile in the milk-white clouded eyes, the ghost of a smile. Then he turned 
and pulled that dirty raincoat even closer about him and tapped his way towards the exit. The tap-tap of his stick mingling with the bird song. We pulled away into that green, bright world of trees and fields beyond. That was Vincent Price bringing you The Price of Fear with Freddie Jones and Geoffrey Collins. Blind Man's Bluff was first recounted and dramatised by William Ingram and produced by John Dice. (laughs) 